challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Hey, before I jump into my topic for this episode, I want to describe to you a way that you can support Great Man financially without it costing you a dime. Now, don't get me wrong. I obviously want you to give in ways that cost you money. And you can do that by going to greatman.tv and look into the upper right-hand corner of the homepage, and you'll see a button for doing exactly that. But there's actually a way that you can support all the things we're doing to turn manhood in our generation, and it doesn't even cost you a dime. Let me tell you how. Uh, you can support Great Man Global when you shop on Amazon. You go, you you enter smile.amazon.com, smile.amazon.com to get started. They're going to prompt you to choose a charity or an organization to support, and you choose us. We are Great Man Inc., short for Incorporated, Great Man Inc. That's our kind of official business name. And every time you shop, shop at smile.amazon.com. You're going to see the same prices, same deals. It's the same Amazon you're used to dealing with, except that once you choose us in the way I've just described, Amazon is going to donate a half of a percent to Great Man and allow us to do great things. Now, the average family, the average person, uh, spends about $1,400 a year on Amazon. Now, that means if, if that was what you spent, you, we would end up getting $7. Not a lot, but thousands of people listen to this podcast right now. And of course, even thousands more are other media and our other events. So if we can get tens of thousands of people who support Great Man on smile.amazon.com, we'll be getting, and that's, all, that's if they just purchase the average amount of the average per, uh, customer on Amazon. We'd be getting $7 a year. It doesn't sound like much, but it can be thousands and thousands of dollars going to turn manhood in our generation. And the fact is, many of you who listen to this podcast use Amazon for far more. I know people who spend almost $100,000 a year on Amazon. Well, imagine what that can do for us. So go to smile.amazon.com, choose Great Man Inc. as your charity. That's all you have to do. Then every time you go on Amazon to buy, make sure, just put it in your browser, get it set. Make sure you log on to smile.amazon.com. Again, you're going to be looking at the same Amazon. You're going to be looking at the same product, same prices. It doesn't change anything about your experience except that Amazon, not you, Amazon makes a donation to Great Man and we do great things with that money. All right, enough of that. But pass that around. Maybe your business. Some of you guys have got big businesses. You spend lots of money on Amazon. Well, without it costing you a dime or changing any of your discounts or any of your deals or anything, we start getting money from your purchases. It actually comes straight from Amazon. All right, a good deal, something we need to do, something that can help us impact men in this generation. All right, I want to dive into a topic that is, for me, very tender, very sensitive, something I feel emotionally. I love the bond between men. I love the honor between men. I like the rituals that men use to express honor and appreciation and love and devotion to each other. 
Uh, I'm going to tell you about a kind of an embarrassing moment. Uh, I was flying back from New Zealand. Now, I've been to New Zealand quite a bit in my life for various you know, business things. And I was flying back and I had been touched uh, by the Hakka, H-A-K-A. You know what that is. This is the this Maori um Actually, it's a it's a warfare. It's a warrior's ritual. You've seen it before. The New Zealand All Blacks do it before their football games. Um, it's where they uh, they do a bunch of stands and move their arms in a certain way. And you've probably seen their eyes bulge out and their tongues come out of their mouths. And it's an ancient warrior ritual, uh, both to ward off your their enemies on the battlefield, uh, but also to honor each other. And I was flying back from New Zealand, and I was sitting on the plane, and I decided to look on YouTube, real good wireless on the on Air New Zealand, and I was watching YouTube videos of the haka, and there were hakas done at funerals, and there were hakas done for young boys at a, at a, at a boys' school in New Zealand, where one of the one of the boys had contracted cancer and and was probably dying and the whole student body did the haka for him and then a favorite professor died at another school and the whole student body did the haka and and uh military rituals and it, you just you just see it being done um on YouTube there are lots of examples please go on there and watch and it's it 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 I began to weep I began to cry I was having to hide <laughs> The fact that I was crying, uh, you know, from the flight attendant and from uh, whoever else was uh, sitting in my row or what have you, it just moved me. This ritual, this this ceremony that men use to honor each other and to commit to each other. Oh, some folks will get upset that it has roots in ancient paganism and that, you know, what have you. And I understand that. But any ritual between men touches me. Um, on on uh, Netflix right now, there is a movie, a new movie. It's called The Dig, and it's it's a true story. It's all about uh, a site that was discovered just around World War II in England, where probably uh, Vikings from centuries before buried, as they used to do ritually, a ship and filled it with treasure. Uh, not a not a ship of, of our size, but a big boat. Um, they they buried it and then filled it with treasure to honor the king. In other words, the king probably died, and they very likely buried this king in that boat, and then they filled it with treasure to honor him as he went. Sort of like, uh, sort of like the way the way that they do uh, in in Egypt that we've all studied in school. Well. Of course, the movie is all about the dig and about the archaeologist and about the stories that surround the archaeologist and about how meaningful this was, and most of it's in the British Museum now. But I was touched, again, by the fact that this was men honoring their king, honoring their fellow warrior, honoring someone they had probably stood beside in battle and fought for and who had let them. A, a, a king and a Viking king was a different kind of king than a king in a palace. Um, he was a warrior king. And he would have led these men, and they would have bled with him, and they would have uh, loved him, and they would have respected him, and they would have they would have laid down their lives for him. And so when he died, they honored him in this way. I got to tell you, it, it it that kind of ritual, that kind of tie among men moves me. And while most of those watching the movie The Dig on Netflix are going to be moved by just the the British side of the story. I was thinking back to the Vikings. I was thinking back to the bonds among men. I was thinking back to the to the honor they felt for this king and the fact that they would haul a boat inland and bury it underground so as to to honor this man.
It reminds me also of a time I was in Israel. I've been to Israel a great deal in my life, and I like talking to the soldiers, uh, to the members of the IDF, uh, Israeli Defense Force. And, and I remember I was talking to some guys just over pizza one day, and they used a phrase that I, I understood, but it, it moved me that they used it this way. Uh, I asked them about their bond as friends. I asked them about how close they were to some of the friends they were mentioning. And one of the guys had said, I ran Masada with him. I ran Masada with him. Now, I don't have to go into great detail to say that uh, Masada is a mountain. Uh, it was a fortress uh, in the, in the uh, ancient world in the first century. Um, and the Romans surrounded Masada and took it uh, from the Jews who held it, the hundreds of Jews who held it. You can look up this story yourself. I won't go into detail now. Well, so it's a place of honor. It's a place of memory. It's a place when uh, Jews in the first century withstood the Romans and then, by the way, committed mass suicide so the Romans couldn't get, capture them and torture them. Fascinating story, lives in Israeli lore. So uh, the IDF soldiers, often when they're just about to be commissioned, they will run Masada. They will run up the, uh, this, this, the, this mountain, this, this fortress that's at the top of a mountain, um, that that's in the, the Judean desert, and uh, it's very moving and it's very powerful. I've run, I've come down it, but I have not, I have not walked up it. <laughs> I don't think I could do that. I'd have to get in some better shape to do that. But that's how they speak. They speak about their friends. They don't say, you know, I was in the barracks with him. They don't say, um, you know, I, I I came under fire with him. Or we were in the same foxhole. Uh, they were saying that day anyway. I don't know that they all do this, but that day these soldiers were saying, I ran Masada with him. In other words, the rituals among men, uh, the bonds, the common experiences, the liturgies, even the burial liturgies that men experience. Now, I want to turn this on you because this is very important to me. This means a lot to me, and I think it's going to mean a lot to you. We tend in our generation to grow up without manly rituals. We tend to grow up without, as I've said many times before, the bar mitzvah that our Jewish friends have for their 13-year-old sons who step up and become sons of the covenant. Um, we don't tend to welcome men into manhood. We don't tend to have rituals. We don't tend to um, initiate the boys. And as a result, uh, men go through life without rituals of any kind, but especially not the kind that either welcome them into a, to a stage of manhood or bind them to each other. And I want to encourage you to get creative about this. First of all, have a band of brothers. Don't walk alone. You know, that's one of the main meanings of this podcast is that you don't walk alone. You get a band of brothers and you start hammering out noble manhood together. But I also want you to get creative about the rituals that bind men together. I'm moved by the haka. I'm moved by running Masada. Uh, I, I'm moved by by men burying, being at each other's funerals and and burying each other with honor and and then having it live. You know, the very word legendary uh, comes from the ancient Latin, which means that which is written down. So w what's legendary about your friendships? How, how will men, the men you walk with so walk together that it's remembered in the next generation, that it's written down, that, that, that our sons and our daughters, our grandsons, our granddaughters, our great-grandsons, our great-granddaughters are grateful for what happened in this generation, grateful for how men bound, bound them, bounded themselves together. I would bind themselves together and, and live out noble purposes. Well, what are the rituals? I know of a band of brothers who decided to have rings made. 
Uh, they all had gold rings made. It wasn't that expensive. I think it was 500 each. Um, so they saved up their money and they had these rings made. They all wear a ring that has a certain symbol that they uh, all liked. And it has some, I think it has the Latin version of something they all said to each other constantly. And I don't even want to tell you the details because I want you to find your own. But they wear those. They plan to die with those. They plan to be laid in their caskets um, with those rings on. Now, that's powerful. And then I know another group that has has jewelry made like that. I think in their case, it was a, it was a bracelet, a, a solid bracelet. Um, but they also had similar things made for their sons and their daughters. Not that their sons and their daughters had to wear something every day, but they would have an object that spoke of this bond among these this band of brothers. What what is it that you're doing like that? What what rituals? What liturgies? What objects? How are you engaging in rituals and liturgies and gifts and symbolism that binds you together? You know, men respond to this. I know women do too, but men really respond to this. I remember what it was like to be in high school and be wearing a letter jacket. I remember what it was like to see a guy coming down the hall wearing one in the opposite direction. I remember what it was like to put on a uniform. I remember what it was like to be in the Boy Scouts and to all have the same uniform on. Um, I remember the rituals. I remember the rituals among my friends in college. Um, I remember the runs we used to do. And, and I, I was not much of a runner, but my roommate was a running fool. And I would try to run with him. And if we ran, you know, we'd go celebrate. We'd go over to whatever it was, Godfather's Pizza or Pizza Hut or whatever. And we would just celebrate. It was a minor version of what ought to be existing between men. Uh, I'm not sure everything that happens in a fraternity is a great idea, but but many of the fraternities that I've heard men talk about, it, there, there were noble purposes. Good things were happening. Guys were helped to study. Guys were helped to improve. Guys were taught to dress right. Uh, there were manners and there was excellence. And, and people went on to accomplish things in their professions because those organizations existed. I'm not about secret organizations. You can imagine that. And I'm not saying that everything that happens in these these kind of groups are great. But we need a restoration of manly rituals. We need a restoration of, of ceremonies of men sealing themselves to each other. We can talk about opening a vein and, and becoming blood brothers. I, used to, I remember I did that with my little friends when I was in you know, elementary school. We'd, we'd make ourselves bleed and then become blood brothers and stuff. But I can laugh at it. But I'll tell you, it's, it's something that I did because I wanted, especially, by the way, as a young military brat, moving all over the world, leaving that that location. Every year I left the location. My Every grade in my elementary school, I moved uh, somewhere new in the world, sometimes overseas. So the idea that I would bind myself to those young men, I remember who some of them are to this day. We need manly rituals. We need manly symbolism. We need to be bound together. And especially in an age in which things change, often people move, rotations happen. A lot of you listening to this are in the military or you work for airlines or you work for companies that move you all the time like I moved in my youth. It's important to be bound together. I mean, thank God for FaceTime. Thank God for the technologies that we have. But something more needs to happen. There are things hanging on my wall that my band of brothers gave me. And they speak to me every day. And every time I leave for a trip to go do something in the world, uh, every time I come back, every time while I'm writing a book, while I'm recording this podcast, I'm looking at things that my band of brothers shared together. And they said to each other, I'm with you. I'm standing with you. Take hold of that uh, for which you are made. Become the man you're meant to be. We're with you. We're always committed to you. I'll tell you what, it ignites something in your soul. 
So I want you to turn on your creativity. I want you to pray. I want you to take hold of some system, some with your band of brothers, with your sons and daughters. I want you to start thinking in terms of liturgies and symbolisms. We've talked a lot in this podcast about initiating the boys around the time they step into young manhood, 13, 14 years of age. But Let's not forget the daughters, and let's not forget that those boys we've already initiated uh, then go on to college, then get married, then have kids, then you know make the change uh, into other other levels of professional life. At every level, we need men affirming and confirming and calling out and praying and blessing and giving wisdom, and we need liturgies and rituals that communicate those very values. I'll talk more about this in the future, but I want you to be creative. Some of you listening to this live in Scotland. Some of you listening to this live in the Philippines. Some of you listening to this are are, are with the military in Asia. Uh, some of you are, are, are sitting around with an interpreter. I love you guys, by the way. I've been told that some of you are sitting around in Latin America with an interpreter starting and stopping my rapid form of English speech. I appreciate all of you so much. And in your culture, you have certain forms, certain ways of doing things that you can adapt for this purpose. That's why I'm not giving an exact ritual. That's why I'm not saying that rings need to be always at the center of it. Maybe for another culture, it's something different. I don't know. But find what works for you. Find what makes sense with your band of brothers. Build rituals. Bring the young men into it. Get, do, do the same with, with the daughters. It's not going to be exactly the same because you're initiating young men into manhood, and the women really should initiate the young women into womanhood. But you as fathers and you as men have something to pour into the life of, of young girls and, of course, your daughters. Uh, what's the symbolism? What's the ritual? What can you give them that they will keep all of their lives? I have some things my father gave me, and I'll tell you what, they live in my heart. Uh, They sit in the room and they just live in my heart, and they radiate things my father said to my soul. They make me a better man. They make me more eager to take hold of every purpose that I've been made for. Okay. I want you to pursue this. I want you to make it part of your life. I don't want us to all drift along in these Western lives absent of ritual, absent of meaning, uh, absent of symbolism. I want you to develop manly liturgies in your life because this is one of the great arts of noble manhood. To join the Great Man Movement or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's three essential books for men. Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, Building Your Band of Brothers, and Men on Fire, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production.